your yeah. number. Um, okay. So um, normally when we do one of these preambles, I'm giving, I'm, it begins with a ringtone and then I call you, but I figured it'd just be easier for us to just record it in. Would you, would you like me to make the sound? <laughs> the phone sound? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. All right, do it. I, I would like that. You yeah. ready? Bring, bring. All right, Chris, answer it. You're supposed to say hello oh, now. I- <laughs> Somebody should say yeah, hello. Right, right, right. Who's, oh, hey, hey, Andrew. Hey, hey, hey Chris. <laughs> Uh, what, what's up? What it, what, oh, I'm, I'm good. Here, so, hold on. Let me connect. I, had, I did not expect you. To, oh, oh. All right. Hey, Beth, can you hear okay, me? Okay, we need another bring. Oh, I thought I needed to do I'm the just, bring again. Yeah, I can okay, hear you. Cool. Um, hey, Beth, I'm here too. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> We're terrible yeah, actors. Can, we cannot do know, improv. This could never be We an need audio some drama. motivation. Um, no. So... <laughs> So normally when we record one of these preambles, it's over the phone, but I figured it'd be good to do one of these just to give people a heads up on what we're talking about here. So we came into this episode thinking that we were going to talk about mental health in general, but it kind of became about our mental health in connection to something that we're all dealing with in different ways, which is what our church is going through. Um, Mm -hmm. So feel free to add more to what I'm saying. But basically, in the past year, our church went through a tremendous amount of turmoil um, involving both a pastor leaving and also deciding to leave our denomination around um, our church, deciding to explicitly do certain things to be an anti-racist institution and also Mm -hmm. an institution that affirms LGBTQIA folks, and mm-hmm. there was a tremendous amount of backlash and just people being wild. I don't even know how to describe it, mm-hmm. and a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of pain around that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so. and I think as we were talking and, and talking about our mental health over the year, and I don't know our experience with our mental health struggles over the year, we realized that we were experiencing the same pain in different ways that show up uh, in our mental health in different ways. And that's why we have to come back and do this preamble because we realize, oh, actually there's a lot of pain and a lot of, uh, yeah, Yeah. mental health recovery that's coming up from the last year in our Mm -hmm. church. Yeah. And a lot of grief, like a, like a lot of, a lot of mental health issues, like centering around, like uh, around grief. Moving through grief. Yeah. Yeah, so with that context, with that, um, now we'll go into part two of the episode. The spirit of incarceration dwells here. And then we're moving by the pack, so we moving them. And even if you don't, then you do, because you're cool with them. They be like, I only went to school with them. Okay, so we're back, um, and we've had some time to process and think about some things since the last time we recorded here. Uh, I think we what we agreed on last time, if I'm remembering correctly, is that um, we talked a lot about grieving and our experience of the church. Um, and I think what we 
said that we would come back to is is think about how God fits into this, how God has fit into the process of dealing with these feelings of of grieving, of depression, of anxiety, and yeah, basically how our faith fits into that. I think we left off last time with me talking a little bit about like my experience of therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we did. So I don't know. Is therapy mm-hmm. new for you, Andrew? I feel like I haven't heard you mention therapy much before and we've been friends for a while. Well, um, I wouldn't say it's it's new for me, but it is. I am trying to talk about it more. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what do you think that that change I is think about? That change is just about, uh, I mean, part of it, I think, is just a change that's, I feel like it's happening in society in general, just because so many, mm-hmm. I don't know if more people are going mm-hmm. to therapy or it's just, uh, just the the stress of the last couple of years has been so dire that everybody admits that nobody is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that might so be it. I, I don't think I'm doing anything brave about this. I just think there's less of a kind of social stigma to it. Whereas even mm-hmm. like a couple yeah. of years ago, if you talk about going to therapy, people would be like, oh, must be something wrong with you. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean, also growing up as an evangelical, I feel like anything that wasn't like you had doctors for your physical stuff and then you had Jesus for everything else, you know? Right. So like the idea of going to somebody for mental health, anybody besides like, I don't know, a, ca- a spiritual counselor was as close to therapy as it got, you know? Anything not explicitly mm-hmm, connected mm-hmm. to Jesus and the church was spiritually suspect because it was like mm-hmm. stepping on the toes of Jesus or something. So I think maybe part of me still carries that. My around. parents took me to therapy. You, and you, did, you didn't feel any kind of like stigma around it? I didn't, no. They took me one time when I was 13, but I was like angsty. Mm-hmm. And it was like this old white guy. Mm-hmm. So we just didn't connect. Mm. Yeah. But there wasn't a whole lot of stigma. But I can tell in the conversations that I have with my parents now, they have some stigma connected to getting support themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. But the idea of getting me support, not so much when that's I was younger. I mean, I definitely know yeah. that my parents yeah. still carry a lot of that stigma around with them. I I think there is a there is an Asian stigma against therapy. I f- mm-hmm. And I think that's true for a lot of... Uh, a lot of BIPOC folks, but I can say like from, I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's because, I don't know, it, from from my dad's perspective, it might be like a machismo thing. Like he, he mm. he's afraid mm-hmm. of, he doesn't want to be vulnerable. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like even my mom had this attitude that was like that kind of help where you need like mental help is like for white people. It's like for, for people who... Mm-hmm. Like we're tough enough to get through of it. Our family has always been tough enough. God is enough kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that. I f- but I also am hesitant to talk about like the immigrant community or the Asian community because I'm not a part of it. But I do feel like there's a particular grit that comes with coming to America mm-hmm. and surviving. And that is like a part, that grit is a part of the culture. So anything that, compromises that grit is is looked oh, down upon yeah. mm-hmm. i feel like from the outside looking in, yeah for sure and my parents are, were always telling me like uh implicitly or not like comparing their experience to mine and expecting my experience to be easier because you know because i grew up here because i spoke the language um 
Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I've heard from other people that, that yeah, I've heard from, from talking to other people, I, I feel like sometimes there's, there might be even some resentment from their immigrant parents about this person, how it's might, how, how it seems easier for second gen immigrants, even, even though it might not always be, but even then like this value of mm-hmm. grit, this value of like pushing through and being self-sufficient because like our family has been able to do it. Like my parents could do it so I can do it. Grandparents, you know, got through the war or whatever. It's like, um, I still carry that value around in me. And because of that, uh, that's something that I've had to work through. Like our experience of mm-hmm. dealing right. with this thing with the church, you know, a part of me is always telling myself like, well, other people have it. Other people have it worse. You know, I just have to mm-hmm. hold it together. I have to, you know, I have to deal with this um, and push away like the, the, the depression, the anxiety, the uncertainty. Um, Beth? I think for me, oh, it has been really hard to admit how much hurt I feel. Mm-hmm. Um And my tendency has been to push a lot of this pain away um, and focus on other things. And also, like, it's just been like a really crazy year for me. So sometimes it is really hard to focus on the pain of the church because I also have the pain of supporting my mom and the pain of like different uh, many other personal things that were going on. Um, But because I've been in therapy since 2016, um, and I've been working with the same therapist, a black woman for a long time, that that relationship mm. and that ability to talk with her every week was a saving mm. grace mm. in 2021. And she's also a woman of faith, but that's not at the center of her therapy. That's an aspect that she brings in mm-hmm. um, or that she used to bring in um, to support me. Um, And now she switched over to life coaching, which has really been supportive because it's like one step. To me, it feels like one step beyond therapy. Therapy is a lot of processing and talking through Mm. um, and coming up with like coping mechanisms. Mm. Coaching is really like putting your life in action. Mm. So those are two things that I think Bethany 10 years ago would have thought were corny, particularly the life coaching. I definitely would have thought life coaching was corny. (laughs) Um, But those two things have been such a saving grace to my mental health, particularly with the life coaching. It's been like a group Mm -hmm, setting. mm -hmm. And for the first time, I've recognized that I am not the only one that feels the things that Mm -hmm. I do. I've never been in group therapy or group coaching Mm -hmm. before. So I think for a really long time, the feelings that I have, I always assumed it was just like Mm -hmm. me. Um, And being in community with other people working out our mental health stuff. That's been amazing yeah. for me. And, th- and that's something you do through the coaching, you said? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, it's like I, group life coaching. Group life. I, that's a concept I'd never, I'd never heard before. I never heard of it before either. Yeah. She kind of created it for us. Huh. She's like, let me save myself some time. Get you all in the room together. <laughs> no, it really was because... Um, It really was because her model was changing and her prices were changing, but she knew that we still wanted to work with her. So she created this specifically um, to accommodate our price ranges. That's so cool. Interesting. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate her. Yeah. My therapist is, uh, is also Asian American. Uh, He's. 
I think that's crucial. Yeah, it really, it really is. One thing I do appreciate though is that my therapist is not, well, as far as I know, is not a Christian or part of the church. Oh, you appreciate yeah, I appreciate that? that for me because sometimes I'll explain things, um, and oh. it'll sound it'll as I'm explaining it to somebody who does not have the church context. I'll be realized. I'll realize like, oh, that is fucked up. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> That's that is interesting. Abusive. You know, like at being yeah, huh. if being in yeah. being stuck in the context, like having like that. Being in the thing, you often don't realize how weird it is. And then you, if you get some distance from it or if you have to explain it to somebody who doesn't have, who isn't from that world, they, you realize like, oh, there, is, or, there are things about that that are not great or not healthy or things that I've right. learned to accept that maybe I shouldn't, you know? Yeah. Right. You, you put up some, um, uh, like, I guess sunglasses, I want to say blinders, but that I don't feel comfortable using that language. But like you, you have blocked mm-hmm. out how um, damaging that thing is. You've normalized right. it. In yeah. Ways. Yeah. So that was, that was definitely helpful in, you know, the past, the past year and uh, in dealing with our church transition and stuff and, and, mm-hmm. you know, having another voice that could tell me like, you're, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, you know, you're not crazy. You'd like the, the, the feelings mm-hmm. that you're feeling are real. This this situation is abnormal, and it's okay to recognize that. And it's and and the hurt feelings that you're experiencing, you know, aren't uh, aren't just a, a manifestation of your of your own stuff. Yeah, it was validating in that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think every Christian needs a good atheist friend to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Or a good atheist in there, right? Uh-huh. Why is that? I really do. I think it holds you accountable for the exact reason that mm-hmm. you're saying, right? Like you get used. I remember I said to a guy that I was dating, <laughs> the same one whose home I considered breaking in. <laughs> uh-huh. But years ago, <laughs> I was talking to him and I was like, yeah, I think that I should do this because I want to go to heaven. And I'll never forget. He was like, man, that's fucked up. You should do it because you want to be a good person. And the fact that he just said that, like, without thinking, mm-hmm. like, for me, everything is about the afterlife and get into heaven. Mm-hmm. I had never considered that, like, I should do things for the good right. of, of the world that I'm experiencing mm-hmm. now. And now I have theology to back that up. But at the time, what he said made sense to me, and it made me want to consider expanding upon it. Oh. So, yeah, I, I, I absolutely think atheists hold us accountable. Yeah. It's funny. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember where I heard this quote, but like a theologian has said the same thing. I would love, I would, oh, that's I would funny. love like a listener to like write in and like give us the quote. Cause essentially like that's a mirror of, of like this, this idea that's, that's out there in like the written theological world. Like it, and it's yeah. Right. Like if, if atheists can just be good for the sake of being good, that that's we sh- we should pay attention to that as Christians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, interesting! If atheists are able to be good and it has no connection to God, that's something that we need to consider. Right. That's what you're saying, right? Like, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, that, I think that's worth thinking about, and also in in the context of what we're talking about. One of the things that <laughs> uh, one of the things that I've been Andrew said, I'm going to get y'all asses back on track. Uh-huh. You, you, uh, yeah, you got me. I know. Uh, uh, thanks for that 
uh, now I'm off. Now I'm, I'm off rhythm. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, if one thing that has been meaningful to me or one thing that has been beneficial for me, even if it has been painful, is that so much of my own faith and my relationship with God is tied to the church. And having to have mm-hmm. the church be the cause of so much of my pain and also contend with the fact that like this expression of the church that we're meeting in, that you know, this this iteration of circle of hope is is it's it's very possible that it will end in some way. It, in a lot of ways it already mm-hmm. has. It already has, yeah. you know. So yeah. for me, like my experience of God is so bound up with my experience of the church that oftentimes it hasn't even been, it's been hard for me to even separate them. You know, like my devotion to the church has been my devotion to God. And so sometimes when it mm. feels like the church is falling apart, it has felt to me like my relationship with God is falling apart. So yeah. it, it, it's been part of the work for me in in the past year or a couple of years has been developing the flexibility to see God beyond the church or to have God be present for me despite what the church is going through. Mm-hmm. You know, that just because the church is sick does not mean that my relationship with God has to be sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever not gone to church? No. Oh, interesting. I haven't either. You've always been connected to a church community, both of you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even when I didn't like it, even when it like I didn't it didn't align with my theology or Mm -hmm. I would I saw it as like an absolute pain. Uh I I have always been part of some kind of church community. Yeah. That's interesting. So So I I did not go go ahead. I I was gonna ask you the question I think you're about to answer. Yeah, I did not go to church for a long time. I didn't go to church from about 18 to 23 when I got reconnected with Circle of Hope. So for me, there was a very clear delineation between God and church. I very much like God. I didn't like church that much and the people that were connected with church. Yeah. So the idea of like, church and God being intricate. And if the church isn't doing well, for me, if the church isn't doing well, I'm that ain't got nothing to do with yeah, God. I, you know what I mean? A church is full I of mean, people. I mean, I hear you. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's why I admire the security that you have, Beth. Yeah. Uh, yeah for me, sure. like from my perspective, I, I, what has bound me to church, despite the fact that oftentimes it's a deeply flawed institution is that I've always told myself like, well, I like Jesus a lot. Like that's the, the, the one piece for me that's always been, uh, present is mm-hmm. Jesus. And, uh, it's like, well, gee, and Jesus is sure like the church or he, he, he tried, tried, he committed, he, I mean, he may or may not have said this, but in the, in the canonical gospels, he said that I'm, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. Um, you know, in, in mm-hmm. the book of revelation, like the, the church is the bride of Christ. There's this idea that Jesus loves the church. And if I love Jesus, then in some way I have to love the church. In a lot of ways, I think that. But what is the church? I mean, that's a great point, you know, and not only like, and also like, I'm realizing that even though in some ways that has been helpful to me, and I do believe that um, there, it's been very easy for that to kind of turn toxic for me and turn and go what again. Do you mean? I mean, just go from like the church being a thing that I love because Jesus loves and I love this community and the possibilities to become like, Oh, I'm obligated to love the church. 
because mm, yeah. you know it becomes another thing that I have to do in order to prove my love. So right. like kind of like what we were talking about last time, it turns into an obligation again. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 That, that. I think that, I don't know if the church could ever not be an obligation. Being in community with people and choosing that then becomes an obligation, doesn't it? Well, if, if that's all it ever is, I, I suppose there's really no value in it, but I like, but I don't know. I, I think like church is a long-term relationship. Like it isn't. Yeah. Not an obligation, you know, like, but no. at times it will be at, at times that will be your motivation for going for, for being in community is like, that might be true. And I yeah. think this is a really rich vein for us to explore at some in point. A different. I agree. I agree. I, I was going to say, uh-huh. I was going to say like, I I'm listening to the two of you talk about therapy I'm not in therapy right now. Um, I I have been and and have have gone through therapy like in the last couple of years, but I just like I I was just thinking about how much like I envy the relationships that you have with your therapist, and I like the the one I had with mine was equally rich. I just like I found myself kind of missing it as you two were talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's such a it is such a sacred space. Like, regardless of, like, the faith of the therapist, you know, in, in our context, like, you find, yeah. a good, you find a good one who, like, listens to you and, and cares about you, mm-hmm. um, but is not your friend. Um, it's, it's immensely helpful. Yeah, it really has been helpful. And, I mean, at some point, I, I do want to explore, I, I think it would be interesting to explore this idea of the church. We've never actually talked about it specifically. Yeah. But right now for this TV. episode, I'm kind of, I'm more curious about what you're saying, Bethany, in which I, I think for you, the the church very much does feel like an obligation right now. Mm, okay. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. And I think. Yeah, go ahead. I think. I don't know. I'm thinking about the conversations that we're having about therapy and it's making me think of my relationship with my therapist. And like I said, she was a woman of faith. So that would feel like church sometimes. Mm. Um, our group therapy, we're, we're all women of faith. So that feels like church sometimes. I think for me, what has been um, a bomb outside of our church right now, because our church certainly... Um, feels like an obligation to me. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like the the best obligation at times. Mm-hmm. I think what has been a bomb for me is the way I have made church in other spaces and have been met by God in those other spaces that are connected to mental health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even I, I did Reiki. Are you guys familiar? I've with heard Reiki? of Reiki. It's really yeah. cool. What do you mean you did it? Did someone do it for you, or did you learn how to do it? Uh, somebody performed Reiki on me. I don't know the right verb. But they like. I don't know. I felt so uncomfortable trying to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I think I felt uncomfortable, like white people probably feel uncomfortable saying things to me about, I think it's natural hair. (laughs) Like, that that was the moment Uh I just had. Uh Um, But even that, like that energy shifting, the girl, as soon as she started it, she was like, Yeah, I feel like I hear a spirit saying I should play gospel music. And I was like, yeah, you do. You do hear a spirit (laughs) saying that to you. Absolutely, you do. Uh Right. Like that felt like church. So for me, yeah, the last year has been Uh 
it's been interesting to be met by God in ways outside of circle of hope. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can connect with that totally. I mean, I, I feel like God, I, you know, as I said, like I, the work for me has been developing the flexibility to see God beyond the church, which I think it's probably been harder for me than it has been for you, Beth, just because of all the things that I was describing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I I think part of it has been, you know, hearing God or experiencing God through things like therapy, but some of it has been like, um, one of the most meaningful books for me in the past year was reading the Tao Te Ching, like the, which is like the book of the Tao is the main text of Taoism. Mm -hmm. Um, and being able to read that book, um, and learn from it specifically, like the things that the book is talking about in terms of emptiness and cultivating space and Mm. allowing the space to exist made Mm -hmm. me realize how, um, what a kind of frenzied existence I'd been I'd been leading, and how mm-hmm. how much how much of my life was taken over by anxiety, and I and I really think the way that that book resonated with me uh, was a spiritual experience. I th- I think mm. God was present in that. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. And it was, you know, and this is a this is a book from essentially another religion. You know, for me from ten years ago would have been like. It's satanic or something. Maybe not that right, far. Right. Maybe, yeah. You would have felt felt it, but you probably wouldn't have said it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I might have tried to like Christianize it. You know, mm-hmm. I might have tried to like find some kind of Christian interpretation of it or something. But like just mm-hmm. allowing it to be there and allowing God to speak to me through through this thing, you know, and learning about the Tao just at, at, on its own without having to Christianize it, without having to sanitize it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, it was, it was a, it, I, I really experienced God through that and I appreciated doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think allowing God to meet you in the ways that you think God could never, ever meet you, or you think God doesn't want to meet you, opens you up to being met by God in like a really powerful way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that Reiki experience for me was really powerful. It sounds like what you're describing. And I I would have convinced myself. I almost convinced myself that it was demonic. Mm-hmm. And my mom, <laughs> her version of don't do that shit is, did you pray about that? <laughs> right? That's her way of saying don't do it. Yeah. So when I told her I was doing it, she gave me a, did you pray about that? Right? Mm-hmm. So I really stretched myself and was like, God, I'm open to being met by you. Mm-hmm. The, you know, Japanese ancestors for years and years have been doing this thing and meeting you in this way, right? Mm-hmm. It may not explicitly be named as God, but this is a spiritual practice. Yeah. Yeah. Opening myself up in that way has yeah. been really powerful. And I feel like I hear you saying the same thing. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Chris? How is this discussion hitting you? I Well, I was like, what is the, the closest, like the closest through line I feel like is like and this is it's been such a while but like times I've gone to like the Korean spas like this this is in the realm of like out of my comfort but like really uh-huh. amazing experiences is like you go into those rooms and you get like totally naked and someone like scrubs you down like <laughs> like mm-hmm. all over like okay. it's an amazing yeah. experience um mm-hmm and definitely has like pushed me to the edge, but like, and, and I think like, like allowing someone else to like be really in control of my, my body for Mm -hmm. me is like, 
it is spiritual. It is it is like a place of trust that I have to put myself in. Uh-huh. I, I I do feel that that um yeah, like <laughs> like allowing someone else to like move me, like all the all that like as a like as a place to be met by God. And like and I like and now I'm like in the humility of it. In the humility of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I, yeah, I can, I can resonate at that level. Um, and it, and it does make me want like to, um, to look in like to, to some of the things you're talking about. I've had friends who've done Reiki and it is like, I don't understand it, but like the experience Beth, like you've said, is like, is a powerful one. Mm-hmm. Where did you go for that, for the full body yeah. scrub? Um, I've been to a couple places. Um, oh, you've done this. Mo- oh, this is your thing. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I cannot right. imagine. I cannot yeah, imagine. Yeah. Um, I got a massage like twice, and it was a little too intimate for um, me. <laughs> the nicest place we've been is King Spa in Palisades, New Jersey. Oh yeah, King Spa is the the uh, a good decent. one. Yeah, yeah. Have you been there too, Andrew? Um, King Spa. I think I, I don't know if I've, <laughs> I've gone to King Spa or if it's just Soju Spa. Um, the the only one in Philly, the only Korean spa in Philly is Changdam Spa, and I think they do do full body scrubs. Yeah, I haven't been to that one. Janine, my my wife has. Janine's been to that one. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I recommend it. I I I just think it's funny that you're describing it as a spiritual experience. Well, but but you know is. what? Why not? Yeah. It is. <laughs> it absolutely is like throw a little Jesus on. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate and I think, well, that. It's the, yeah, it's the it's the surrender. It's the like I'm mm-hmm. I'm the humility, fully vulnerable here, mm-hmm. in a physical way, like not not necessarily mm-hmm. like in a like in an intimately spiritual way, but like the the physicality of that like is really intimate for me. <laughs> yeah, I find intimate moments like that spiritual in like um a connecting with like the feminine energy of God, Mm -hmm. right. That kind of mothering, that caring. I felt that way when I was working with, um, uh, the woman that did Reiki for me. Yeah. It felt like the divine feminine was present. So I see what you're saying, Chris. Yeah. Even though I said sprinkle some Jesus (laughs) on, I I understand where you're coming from. So we're all talking about, you know, ways that we've stretched ourselves to see God in the midst of, kind of this difficult experience we're having mm-hmm. with our church. We had touched upon the idea of looking into the future a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hoping for, Beth, for you is that you see the church as less of an obligation. I hope that for me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah. That was weird. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> do, weird, do, yeah. do we, I mean, do we, do we, do you think do you all think that it's that instead of a place where the church can be like the cause of our mental health issues, it can be like a rejuvenating place? Is that even something that's mm-hmm. possible? I do. It could be possible. And I'm always, and I'm also, I move with the movement of the spirit and I feel loosely um, connected to any entity, right? Like God's going to be God. God's been God a long ass time and he's going to be God for a long time further. So I move with the movement of the spirit, right? Yeah. So even if this space does not become a place of restoration again, I, I trust that God will lead me to a space that is. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Before I react to that, well, I mean, how about you, Chris? Were you going to say something? 
Well, yeah, I, I'm really trying to take to heart our, our last conversation and specifically like, I don't know what the right word is. Like it, the pushback I received from both of you was really, mm-hmm. was really powerful for me about like the way I've held on to relationships just like by virtue of not talking about like really important issues that like, well, affect the two of you. Um, so like when you're talking about the future, I mean, I guess like, well, I, like, I think the, the like through line for me is like, God has met me in some vulnerable places so that I can go into some difficult ones and, and like, Mm -hmm. and initiate Mm -hmm. some, some much needed conversations and maybe some conflict. Um, Yeah that I've, that I've been avoiding and avoiding at the expense of friendships like ours, which like, that's devastating for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that you can acknowledge that. And I, th- I've, you're such an interesting person, Chris, because you're such like a, you contain so many contradictions because <laughs> on one level, like I can tell that you're somebody and because I relate to you in this way, you're yeah. somebody that really likes security mm-hmm. and you really, you really don't like anybody being mad at you i don't you like being comfortable um uh, but on another level you're like willing to be uncomfortable you're willing to acknowledge your discomfort and Mm -hmm. be open to more discomfort and you put yourself in places where you you probably are pretty uncomfortable like often like places where for instance you're like the only white guy um (laughs) you know so i don't know i think that's I if if anybody is good at stretching themselves, I think it's you, Chris. So I'm 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 glad that you're acknowledging. Yeah. You know, with the things that we said. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I again, yeah, I I I'm really sorry. On a, on a, on another note. Thanks for that, Chris. Yeah. Thanks. Um. So, do we want to talk about what we're into? Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do we jump right in like that or do you give us a, so what are you into? Yeah. I feel I, like I might've jumped the gun. The oh, I was about, I was about to ask what we're into, but were you going to say, add something more or were you just getting Mm-mm. ready? To, oh, okay. So the last thing that we like to do is talk about whatever we're into this week. Bethany is really excited to tell us what she's into. <laughs> I am really excited. I actually am because I'm into Johnny's book. Mm. I've been meaning to read it for for months. Johnny gave us an uh, early preview, Um, but I I either need it on Audible or I need to have something in my hands. So I now have something in my hands. His book was released. Do you know the date? Was it May 31st? 31st? I think so, yeah. May 31st was the day that his book was released. Finally, Jesus Takes a Side is available everywhere. I got mine from Amazon, but fuck J- Jeff Bezos and his bald-headed ass in outer space. But it, that's the easiest place that I could get that book. Um, and I'm really enjoying it, particularly the section where he's talking about um, how the body, how marginalized bodies are inherently political, right? That's like the basis of the book. Mm-hmm. And as he's diving into that, I'm really, really resonating with it. So again, Johnny's book, he's been on the podcast many, many times, and we've talked about the book. It's finally released. Jesus takes a side. So go and get it. 
And if you have to get it from Jeff Bezos, bald headed ass, then go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Chris, what are you into? Um, a while back, I, I mentioned that um, my my oldest nibbling made these like um, cool crocheted animals for me. And I, I don't know if I talked about this or not, but one of the things I'm into is taking those stuffed toys um, and photographing them having adventures for like a, a calendar I'm putting together for them for Christmas. Yes, you do that every year now, right? Well, this would ju- this is, would be year number two. Um, oh, okay. Part of me saying this is to help me get back into it because I have like... If if I'm gonna stick to it like and get it done, I need to I need to get on it. But like the first few images for this next year's calendar, which I will not be showing, but I will show some from last year on the social media. They're amazing. <laughs> awesome. Uh so what I'm into is um well, a movie that is finally out on streaming, everything everywhere all at once. Uh, oh, is it? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So you can rent it from anywhere where you rent movies um, uh, starring Michelle Yeoh uh, and an incredible Asian cast. It's just a great movie. I just connected to it not just because of like Michelle Yeoh, uh, like a, a middle-aged Asian woman playing uh, play, playing the lead in this mm-hmm. kind of interdimensional weird science fiction movie that becomes weirder the more you watch it but also because like the movie is really about like why like the finding meaning in existence and i think i really needed to hear that mm. um so i i really enjoyed it um and i think everyone should check it out um okay and shout out to michelle mm-hmm. yo who is an amazing Kung Fu artist. Mm -hmm. I feel like I wax poetic about her every chance I get, but I feel like we don't throw enough respect on her name. She's amazing. Like even Jackie Chan has like talked about Mm -hmm. how much of an amazing Kung Fu artist she is. So Mm -hmm. throw some respect on her name when Um, you say it. The New York, that's to everybody out there. The Mm -hmm. New York times magazine article that I read that got me excited about this movie. Like one of the things she talked about is like having to like, take all that training she had and pretend she didn't have it for the sake of like her character in the movie who is, has to like learn martial arts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like she had to, Oh, her character has to learn martial well, arts in the movie. Well, it's it, uh, let's not spoil it's, anything. It's a, little, it's, it's a little more complex than it, but, but anyway, like she had to like act like she didn't know for parts. of the She movie. plays multiple versions of the same character and she does mm-hmm. a great job on all of them. Oh, interesting. It's really, it's now really, that sounds fascinating. Yeah, right? yeah, it's really great to watch. It's the, yeah. Skip oh, Doctor Strange, watch uh, everything everywhere all at once. The best m- movie about the multiverse this year. <laughs> I'm saying you ain't got to tell me twice to yeah. skip Doctor uh, Strange. <laughs> um, Okay, so um, special thanks to uh, Tess Patino, our social media goddess, as well as to um, uh, Joe Mahoney, our audio engineer, uh, Jared Selby does our theme song, and Amy Young does our website. Yeah, and please uh, reach out to us and let us know how you are doing your Jesus following and your anti-racism work and talking about your theology in the same ways that we talk about our theology and Jesus mm-hmm. and social justice we want to hear from y'all. So go on our uh, website, colorcorrectionpodcast.com and drop us a line and let us hear from you because we want to hear from you. And with that, 
Stay Black, Little Mermaid. <laughs>